Welcome to the Good Intent, Good Impact podcast, where every week we discuss concepts that can help us to dismantle racism in American society. And today we're going to be talking about the intersecting aspect of the web of oppression. Now to start, I want to take people through a quick exercise to begin thinking about our identities and how they intersect for each of us in a unique way. So using myself as an example, I'm going to talk about the intersections of my race, my gender, my sexual orientation, my ability status, and my age. So first and foremost, I identify as a black woman who's a descendant of slaves, and I've traced my lineage through my mother's side all the way to the mid-1800s. Um, the identities of being black and a woman are inextricably linked for me. Um, I can't necessarily separate the two. There are certain circumstances where my identity as a woman may be more at the forefront than my identity as a black person. And we'll get to that in a moment and what that looks like and what that means. But for the most part, I identify as a black woman and those two identities intersecting together impacts a lot of my life and what I do, what I say, how I behave um, in so many different ways. It's such an important factor to me um, in terms of how I view the world. Um, I also identify as heterosexual and cisgender. Um, and so for me, I feel like a woman. I feel like all of the things that are generally speaking ascribed to women um, in terms of characteristics and personality traits match who I am um, in terms of who I authentically feel like I am. Um, and I am heterosexual. I'm getting married to someone who identifies as a man. Um, I do have an invisible disability, which I don't like talking about very often, um, but it does impact my life greatly. Um, and I do have to move and operate in space um, based on this invisible disability. And I've had it ever since I was about 20 years old. So it's something I've learned to live with, but it's definitely one of the intersecting identities that's a huge part of my life and makes a difference for me. Um, and then last, I identify as being 34 years old. So um, I'm approaching my mid thirties, which for me, feels like a really good age to be. Um, I'm old enough where people certainly take me seriously, um, but not so young that um, people feel like my opinions aren't necessarily valid because what could you possibly know? You haven't experienced anything in life yet, um, which I know working in the collegiate realm, many of my younger students hear from people all of the time. Um, and so that's just a brief overview of my identities. And there are certainly more identities that fit into anybody's identity profile. Um, but those are the ones I chose to go with because those are usually the areas of social identities that people tend to want to talk about the most. Um, and so circling back to my identity as a black woman, I mentioned just a moment ago that sometimes my gender identity as a woman can be more in the forefront or another word for that is to be salient. Um, so to be more top of mind, depending on the situation I'm in. And a good example of this for me is when I'm out taking my evening walks around my neighborhood. Um, I take um, walks for about a good hour, sometimes an hour and a half around my neighborhood as part of my exercise regimen, but also it helps me to stay clear in my mind. Um, and so I'm very mindful as a woman who's, you know, shorter, um, that I need to be mindful of who's around me because you never know who might be around, particularly if a man who intends to do me harm is around. So that identity of being a woman in those situations is just more top of mind for me because of what I'm doing. Um, but my blackness is certainly still, you know, present um, in my mind and something 
something I think about every day. Um, and then, you know, circling back to me having that disability, um, it's something that, you know, I constantly have to think about in terms of how I can move, operate and nav navigate through space. Um, and what resources do I need to feel comfortable um, in any given space? Um, and so it's also something that tends to be top of mind for me, um, particularly, you know, when I'm going out or when I'm going to work or something like that, it's, it's usually more top of mind for me. So um, that's just to give you an example, again, using my own life of where some of my identities um, become salient or top of mind, um, where others may fade into the background, depending on what the situation may be. Now, that doesn't mean that all of these identities aren't super important because they are definitely um, super important. Um, it's just, it's important to be mindful that sometimes for each person, depending on their life experience or what happened to them that day, <laughs> that some things might be more, you know, upfront for them than others. Um, and that's okay. Um, and we have to meet people where they're at. Um, and so when we're talking about intersecting identities, one of the biggest problems I see um, is that there's the micro invalidation of other experiences based on differing areas of privilege and oppression. Um, and so as I mentioned in the video, one of the examples that I see about this very often when it comes to race relations is with white people. Um, they will say things like, how could I possibly have privileges as a white person? I'm poor, I don't come from money, I don't, you know, I'm just barely making it. And that's completely reasonable, right? In terms of like, if you think that, you know, your socioeconomic status is the driving force of your life, which for many people in terms of their identity profile, it is a driving force in their life if they don't have a lot of money um, and are constantly struggling to keep a roof over their head and put food over the, on the table and take care of their kids, then it's understandable why someone would say, how could you say I have privilege as a white person when I'm struggling to stay afloat like so many other people? Um, and so this is, this is one of the things where it's like, we can understand you have a challenge there, right? And that you're part of a marginalized group from a socioeconomic status. But as I mentioned in the video, it doesn't change the fact that as a white person, you're more than likely going to be, feel more comfortable interacting with law enforcement you are more than likely not going to have people looking at you strange when you're walking around a store wondering if you're going to steal something. All of the different stereotypes that go along with being a black or brown person in our society, those are things that a white person just doesn't have to face. Um, and so you have that white privilege, even though you may not have privilege in another area. And so helping people to understand the complexity of intersections of identities and that all of us hold identities where we have some where we have privilege. So like myself, I'm a cisgender heterosexual woman who's in my mid thirties. Those are identities in my profile where I know I have privilege and I fully own that. Um, but other identities in anyone's profile, you're not gonna have societal privilege and you're gonna be part of the marginalized group. And as I mentioned for myself, that is definitely me being a black woman and also being someone who has a disability um, in our society. Um, and so it's complicated. There's some definite complexity to um, the intersection of identities where certain ones meet um, and have more of an intense relationship with per se, a, a per se another identity um, that might be at play when one is more important to you in any given moment than another. And as people who are trying to do the work of racial equity, we have to be mindful of these intersections and not let our privileged ones, right, um, get away from us and not let our marginalized ones be left in the shadows to not be taken seriously. We have to, as multidimensional individuals, we have to learn how to hold space for both of them at the same time. Because again, 
that is our life. Um, and that's how we live our lives is through all of our identities all at the same time. So when we think about solutions to this, how do we deal with the complexity of these intersections? My recommendation would be that we move from either or thinking to both and thinking. In our society, we have a tendency to be very binary. Um, so it's either this way or that way. This is the right thing, this is the wrong thing. We don't really leave space for multiple things to be true at the same time. So as complex as our intersections of identities are, we are in a both and whether we realize it or not. So using myself again as an example, as a black woman, of course I have problems there and of course I'm marginalized in so many different spaces, but I also recognize and understand and can hold space for the fact that I'm a cisgender heterosexual woman and that with that in American society comes certain privileges. I don't have to worry about showing affection with my partner when we're out in spaces and worrying about what people are going to think because people look at that as normal. Whereas when I go into a grocery store, I'm usually concerned that someone is going to think I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing just because I identify as a black person. I can hold space for both of those things at the same time, and both of those things can be true. Um, and once we get to the part where we can accept both and thinking and kind of move past either or thinking, then we can do the work of leaning into empathy for those who are marginalized, particularly in areas where you have privilege, right? And so this is saying, you know what? I have these marginalized identities and I know that this is how I would hope an ally shows up for me. So let me try to do the work to show up as an ally for other people where I have privilege. And of course, not assuming what somebody needs, right? Asking what they need and remembering that allyship or co-conspiratorship, as some people like to use that terminology now, which is totally fine, um, is really not doing for um, or being in front of to say that this is how this needs to be to protect this marginalized group because that's saviorism and nobody wants that. It's being in solidarity with, right? So being in a privileged group of people and asking, what do you need from me? How do you need me to show up to be there to support you? And expecting people from other privileged identities in relation to your marginalized identities to show up for you in that same way to let you lead, let you use your voice to say what you need, and for them as co-conspirators to be there to support you in whatever that looks like. So again, leaning into empathy is really, really important um, and making sure that we're mindful of the complexity of intersections and that we're doing our work no matter what identity or intersection of identities we're talking about um, to create equity for everybody around us. Um, and so next week, we are going to move to the next aspect of the web of oppression. Make sure that you hit the bell there um, and subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Um, and I look forward to seeing you